Cheers. Cheers. Ooh. Cheers. This is LaCroix. This is uh, this Limoncello. This is Rockstar Zero. 240 oh, yeah. milligrams of caffeine. Look out. You need... My brother in Christ, you need guidance. Anyway, hello. <laughs> my name is Austin. Um, and this is I Kiss Alcohol Goodbye. That's Dana. He's got some stuff happening right now. We both do. And that's what this episode is kind of going to be about. Um, yeah. Mental health and sobriety slash um, addiction. Uh, yeah. I'm saying um and uh a lot because I have a lot to say. And you guys will probably be scared by the end of this episode. Either scared for my well-being or scared for your well-being so there's that um we have a lot to discuss today so yes we do so buckle up yeah buckle listen I, I we're probably gonna both cuss a lot but oh yeah we're gonna get some shit out and it's gonna be good this is gonna be dope yeah this is this is a cleansing episode that we need because this is our first episode of just us together yes as co-hosts rather than me being a guest Yes. So that's pretty fun. Um, Fuck yes, it is. Yeah. So this is our <laughs> God. So we are on a mission to get demonetized by YouTube, and <laughs> it's gonna be so fun. It's gonna happen. So, yeah. So uh, basically, what 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 I wanted to discuss today is mental illness. Period. Overall, mental illness. But when you add alcohol or drugs to that equation what happens and why do we think that's a good idea yeah. do you have any ideas Dana why do we think that's a good idea because <laughs> we're dumbasses. that's why <laughs> and that's no offense to anyone listening because again that was a first person plural because this guy right here drank some lots of shit while taking lots of pills like a dumbass so if you're a dumbass like me welcome to the show you're in the right place <laughs> welcome to the club man this welcome is the the dumbass club at this point but we're not saying that you're a dumbass in like a derogatory way no. like you know how they have the the uh parentheses or whatever in the, in the dictionary where it's like something that it says derogatory not like that it's it's in a um an uplifting way you're a dumbass and you're a dumbass along with us yeah that's okay it's all good yeah so basically i wanted to discuss a little bit more about my story and how I started with all of this stuff because it had to do with mental health. Little did I know. Um, when I was about, you know, 14, if you read my blog, soberasa.com, you should go read it if you haven't. Um, I discussed a lot about how I started feeling depressed when I was around eight years old. Now, excuse me, I'm drinking LaCroix um today the, the burps are from LaCroix today um so basically yeah the uh the depression started around eight years old and I don't really have a reason for it besides family background genetics DNA and the like um and it sucks because what eight-year-old says you know like I don't want to be alive anymore you know oh also trigger warning because this episode may include some kind of deep shit because I'm going through some shit right now and I want to talk about it. Also, Luckily, this is I our show and we can talk about it. Absolutely. Well, and I am going to try to not talk over her like that, goddammit, because that <laughs> is the worst thing ever. Yeah. So, but if I want to apologize, throw the caveat out, my, I, my internet uh, comes and goes as usual. And I love it because my, my, the laptop I'm on says your connection is unstable. I'm like, that's right, motherfucker, because I, that's a perfect description of me. <laughs> so I apologize for any instability of internet and or my dumbass comments. 
yeah, any instability of any kind in this episode stays between me, Dana, and you, the viewer or the listener, and that's 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 okay with us. So, right. yeah, like I was saying, like eight eight years old, like what eight year old is like? Yeah, yeah I kind of want to die, you know, a little. And it's not funny at all, but it's, thinking back on it, it was like, I wanted to die at eight and then it just kind of kept getting worse. <laughs> and now with the state of everything, you know, but luckily I don't have those issues anymore because I mean, not that's, that's a lie. I still do have issues with that, but in a different way. Now I can deal with it because my medication actually works because I quit drinking. I don't use substances anymore that block my medication from working. So I'm, you know, I, I do well in that regard, but even though I'm sober 68 days today, even though I'm sober, that does not mean that I'm not mentally ill anymore. That does not mean that my bipolar went away. That does not mean that I don't suffer from panic attacks anymore. So that's something that we need to normalize and realize as a society is that and as, as a counterculture, as, as sober people in a chronically drunk society um, and timeline, we need to realize, you know, that it's not going to fix everything. And mental health is paramount. And it, you'll hear me say over the course of this episode and my career on this show and my own show when it starts is self-care. If you ever come to me for advice or just to vent or just to talk I'm going to tell you, you need to take a bath and get some dried rose petals and throw them bitches in that bath and sit there with your candles, put a face mask on for God's sake, you know? So that's like, it's so important to take care of yourself. And I'm rambling She's gonna now. going to tell you to drink water too. She I'm going to tell you to go to, yeah, go to Walmart and pick up a gallon of water and drink yeah. it or else I will Speaking come to your house myself. Get I'll be right. Keep talking. Oh, I will. Don't worry. <laughs> so if you haven't gotten sick of my allergy voice yet, I, um, I I just wanted to say thank you for listening just to start off. And I know that this episode might be a little bit uh, raw and gritty. So feel free to, you know, leave if you have to. But we are we are going to cover these things today. Yes. So, Dana, I would like to hear from you now for once. All right. No. So <laughs> I love five years hearing from Dana. No, this is good. And, and uh, um, you know, it's not just good fucking great it's not fucking great Absolutely. that you're uh that you had surgery on your knee two and a half weeks ago and that it still hurts like yes. a motherfucker that's not great yes but what is great no. is that you have the uh backbone the grit the will the whatever the spirit the force i don't i don't know uh to get on to come on this show anyway tonight and to talk about this shit when you're in extremis well, and and I, I wouldn't wish that shit on anything. Like when I, the, the worst pain I've ever had was post-op from when I got my fucking face punched in and had my jaw wired shut. Mm. Um, it was, it, it, you know, like I, I couldn't breathe. Like, so as you've been describing your pain to me in the last couple of days, like I'm just remembering what it's like to have, to be post-op from uh, knee surgery a long, long time ago. And then that jaw surgery was like, I couldn't even, I could barely even breathe. It was like, and you were talking yes. last night, you're like, I'm just waiting for my, for my med to kick in and you know like so i just wanted to say to america and the sober world and sober curious whoever the hell's listening to this thing this lady right here is one tough badass and um thank you so that's that's just to say thanks for doing this episode now um i will tell whoever's listening 
especially for you military veterans or currently serving military people out there. When I got out of the National Guard and ETS from the, from the military for good after being on and off active duty for like 17 years, longer than that, if you count my ROTC stuff, which I know campus shit doesn't count, but I mean, I was wearing a uniform and being indoctrinated and, and conditioned by Uncle Sam for half my life at the time I got out five years ago. And operant conditioning, you know, again, I, I minored in psych 20 years ago, so I'm dangerous because I know just enough to think I know something. But I know a little something about operant conditioning because I've done had it done to me and I've done done it to others. And not just in a military context, but I won't go down that. We'll, we'll save that one for the later episode, right, Austin? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. trust me. We're gonna we have some, a lot to cover. we got a lot to cover. <laughs> We're just getting on a roll here. But I want to say to those folks, especially so that I don't, my ADHD ass doesn't get, forget later, if you're in the military, if you have left the military, I don't care if it was yesterday, I don't care if it was a decade ago, 40 years ago, what, it does not matter. If you need to take the long walk down that fucking hall of behavioral health, then you need to take the walk. This is coming from a former army chaplain who told people that there's no shame. There's no shame in going to seek mental health treatment. And you know what? When I left the, the army five years ago and I was having sleep trouble, sleep was always my crutch. I was a sleepy ranger and a hungry ranger and a cold ranger and a whiny ranger, whatever. But, but I mean, sleep was my crutch big time. And when I started to not sleep well five years ago and I was in a assistant store manager job in retail and losing sleep over fucking people's fridges and shit. It's like, I got to go, I got to go seek some help. So I went to the VA and I self-referred to behavioral health. And you would think like, okay, former chaplain, you know, I know this is okay. No, I felt like shit. You know why? Because I had been in, in a ranger unit and I had been, a, I had served with these, not as an assaulter, not as, not as the trigger puller. I was there as their chaplain. But God damn it, I was the guy that told them, you can tell what a great chaplain I was and what a great uh, Christian I am now, not non-Christian I am now that my mouth is fucking sewer. But so forgive the blasphemies and everything. If you're a Christian out there, I apologize to you. I hope I'm he not. It means offending. no offense by it. <laughs> I mean, no offense by it. It's just, I'm, I'm, I'm finally letting out who I am right now. And this is who I am. What I'm talking to is the veterans out there, regardless of your faith tradition in higher power, no, nothing, whatever. You need to get your ass to mental health if you are self-medicating with alcohol and or you are wondering if you should probably talk to somebody. If you've ever had that thought cross your mind, it's fucking free. So go get the help. And I can tell you, and this is the guy saying it after five years, I've only just started unpatch it because I was getting triggered every day at my jobs. Um, you know, my ADHD made it worse. And I like my PT, I didn't even want to admit that I had PTSD. It took my Marine social work, a former Marine, two tours in Iraq, Marine rifle, rifle squad staff sergeant over a year, patiently sitting with me to go, uh, you ready to talk about your trauma now? And I'm like, I don't have trauma. Meanwhile, yeah. if I share with you one or two of my stories, you'd be like, it's no wonder he's fucked up. But I go, oh, all my friends were deployed three or four times as long as I was. And I was only deployed X number of months and all this bullshit that veterans do. I do I, I'm, I'm smart enough to know what I'm doing, but I'm sick enough to do it. Okay. So if you're out there and you're a veteran, I haven't spoken a lot about the veteran stuff lately, but this five-year anniversary is really, and, and you know what, my friends that I commissioned with 20 years ago uh, from Ohio University, 
and, and the guys and gals that I went to officer training with and jump school and all kinds of shit 20 years ago, they're going to, they're going to, the ones who stayed in are retiring next month. And so I feel like, you know, I only needed to be a captain and I fucking flamed out. I resigned. I relinquished a company command and all this shit, all this shame, all this guilt and all this shame. And I self-referred. And if it were not self-referring for that, I probably, if I weren't dead, like I, I, I would be, I, I would have definitely lost my family by this point. And I would probably be close to being dead. So there's my soapbox. I'm going to stop so Austin can continue talking. Thanks for giving me the chance to voice out with veterans because I needed to get that out. We're a dozen episodes in. A, a, a baker's dozen now. Kroll needs a baker. Yes. Denmark. Shout out to the North Northern German Danish people out there. We got at least 1% <laughs> listeners yes. from Denmark. So, so exciting. Shout out to Denmark today. And back to Austin who comes from Jamaican and French ancestry <laughs> to our friends around the world who are listening to the show thank you we had a we had a new listener from spain today by the way yes I love i'm gonna shut up it. now thank you it. austin for letting me ramble about that no and that little message that i just said because i i put that so that i could remind myself i was not trying to kick you off but i wanted no, no, to no. say I got, I got it out that was that was that was it i'm glad you <laughs> know it's good it's good good because i we put no uh sometimes we're talking about the chat box so sometimes we put stuff in the chat box just as a note to ourselves so we can see it right in front of us that was it but I also like I want to say from a from a civilian standpoint the whole comparing traumas thing needs to stop yes. whether you are an alcoholic whether you I, I did not just use that word I, yeah, I okay. use that word it's I didn't okay. mean to I hate some that people word. some people use the word it's okay right we I personally you, hate it somebody but, who is addicted has a has an addiction correct. problem without alcohol got it so whether you're a uh, never or a non-drinker whether you're sober whether you're on anything whether you have depression what it doesn't matter nope. don't compare your trauma to somebody else's and that's literally completely pointless will yep. only make you feel worse and more guilty about feeling bad for something you shouldn't feel bad about in air quotes for our listeners um yes and thank ever. you for saying that austin while you while you had a little Lacroix burp i'm gonna say one more thing and i'm gonna <laughs> shut up i promise like yes like i'm gonna like there's a there's a burp pause i'm jumping in hey go listen. ahead what she said is so important. Yes, I'm pointing at the camera because if you're a civilian, you're like, oh, well, I didn't go to Iraq or Afghanistan and I didn't, I haven't seen somebody die or I haven't like carried body bag or I haven't, you know what? Doesn't I'm a veteran and matter. all the time I'm like, I didn't shoot anybody personally. So I'm like, well, I didn't, you know, but I'm responsible. It doesn't matter. It doesn't right. matter if you had trauma happen in a car crash, if you had trauma happen with a relationship that didn't involve physical it does not matter trauma's right. fucking trauma thank you for saying that austin because veteran trauma is not any worse than anyone else's right and Done. you can only compare your trauma to your own life experiences yes so when when people say things to you like oh you know you should be happy you have a roof over your head yeah. that does not compare to Bullshit. the you know it doesn't compare to to what they're talking down on essentially is what they're doing by saying oh they have it worse you have it better like nobody has it worse or better it's all a matter of perspective and it's all objective as well or subjective as well like it all comes for from inside of you so like you know what you've experienced and you know what has hurt you during that experience you can't sit here and say that oh you know, oh yeah, you're right. I have clean water to drink. I shouldn't be sad. You can't help it. You know, sometimes your brain is just fucked. Like I've been depressed since I was eight years fucking old. You know what I mean? My brain is just wired that way. And that's okay. It's okay to have these 
these things, you know, and you know, there's all these coping mechanisms and all these things that you could try yoga, meditation, mindfulness, great gratitude, journaling, try that, of course, but if it's not working for you in the way that you want it to work for you, try to get, try to reach out for some kind of help. And I know it's not cheap and I am very lucky to have insurance, but what I'm saying is there are resources and there, there are hotlines. There are, there are, you know, there's something for you to at least help you get in the right direction. I just need people to know that because depression and especially with bipolar disorder, I, to this day, I get told that I, oh, you don't need to be on those medications. You don't like, that's too much. All that stuff. It's like, that is between me and my doctor. Number one, number two, like mind your business, like with bipolar, you can't just come off medicine and be okay. I'm not bipolar for the moment. I'm bipolar for my, for the rest of my life. That's how bipolar works. That's, it's not something like here. Oh, I just, you know, I just went through a really traumatic breakup and I'm depressed for a couple of months after it's not the same and depression shouldn't be taken lightly in any context of the term or whatever, but that's besides the point. And then when you, when you like, (laughs) but when you, when you try to think about um, like things that aren't working and you turn to drugs and alcohol, that, you know, obviously everybody here knows it just makes it worse. And I did want to touch on that a little bit because that's what I did for so long, not having a diagnosis of bipolar, only knowing that I had depression and panic disorder and ADD. I drank and I did drugs because I wanted to self-medicate and self-medicating it brings up a whole other bunch of issues. This episode is a little all over the place, but stick with okay. us because honestly, this is so important to talk about yep. because I personally right now am going through a really hard time. And it took Dana some convincing to get me to do a sh- a, an episode tonight. But I told now her that I'm only on here, if it was okay and if it would help right. only. I insist now I, mean, that I did pressure here, her and then I was like, God damn it, I'm pressuring her. I need to but stop. You didn't. You were encouraging me. That's there's a difference. Okay. You know what I mean? Because so. even like like and even I don't even want to bring it like to a personal, but you are hard on yourself and you know, you know what I tell you, drink, drink some water and go lay down, you know, (laughs) like, (laughs) you know, that's basically what I say, but it's true, you know, like, it's just, (laughs) there you go, drinking your water, I kind of lost my train of thought from what we were saying, but yeah, it's going to be a little chaotic right now, because we both have so much passion for this episode, and we thought that it would be a really good episode, because number one, it's Mental Health Awareness Month, and number two, we both struggle with mental health issues, and we are, we are chronically mentally chill, you know, like, let me say that, like, we are, we are mentally ill as hell, but yes. let's turn it, turn it around, and we are mentally chill, and we are doing our best, I like and that. that's all that matters. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. So, listen, if you, you know, um, I'll get, I'll let Austin take a, take a breather for a second and say, you know, if it's the shame of the meds, I get it, because mm-hmm. that social worker I told you about, who was fucking phenomenal, um, and he, again, he sat with me for for months and months, but it was several months in when we were still trying to figure out like what program, what we were doing, like CBT or something, cognitive behavioral therapy or something. And we were trying to find the right mix of shit that would work for my whacked out, fucked up brain, because like poor guy had to counsel, he had to be a counselor to a, to a guy who was a counselor and who was one of the most like it's, it, internal vortex, navel gazing, ruminating motherfuckers ever. At least, no, I'm not. I'm not. Sorry. But it, yeah. It feels okay. Quarter, way. quarter yeah, in the quarter, jar. Quarter in the, in the yelling at myself. Quarter in jar. the self-hate jar. Quarter in the self-hate. 
and <laughs> goddamn, she's going to be rich by the end of this show. Um, but, but I remember the first time he said to me, do you, I, do you think maybe you should talk to someone about, about medication? And I like started crying in front, like in, in the session. Mm-hmm. And I left and told my, I think I told my wife after I journaled or something. And I said, I feel defeated right now. And why? I would never, ever judge someone else for taking medication. And if I did, then shame on me because mm-hmm. I, and, and maybe I did, I, I'm sure I did in the past. So shame on my past self. I'll put it a quarter in the past jar or whatever. Dumb past Dana. Damn Dana. past Dana, you bastard. Oh, yeah, but like, some listen, anything I accuse anyone of on this show, anything I'm ranting about, it's because I'm ranting at myself because I have either thought, said, or done it in my life. And I'm just at a place in my life where I'm like, oh shit. Uh, why did I think say and do that? And now I'm like, why the fuck am I thinking saying, what am I doing now? And then I'm like, why am I thinking saying or doing anything at all? Let's yeah. just stop full fucking stop. <laughs> and where I learned to stop or where I'm learning to stop is to say, you know what? I need these meds and that's okay. And if you yeah, don't need yes. meds, maybe you'll talk to your doctor and he or she will be like, you're good. No, this is something that we can treat with th- with talk therapy, or we can do yes. prolonged exposure therapy, or these other things that are, I was trying to do cognitive processing therapy, which involves a lot of writing because I'm a writer. It, unfortunately, it only fucked me up more, but it, it, you know, we tried lots of different things. There are lots of options out there that are on the psychiatric side and on the psychological side. And my two docs, I talk to them both and I keep them both in the loop and they talk to each other. And so you need to get one or more people in your circle, like Austin said, reach out to someone. And yes, it's easier when you've got free VA healthcare or when you've got good insurance, like she said. But if, if we're, I, I'm just willing to bet there are some resources out there that you can, damn it, I should have Googled that shit before this episode. So if somebody's on here, uh, but it's then true. I would already have something ready. Yeah. Well, we can cut that part out. Right. Or just like fix. No, I'm saying like we could fix whatever that will. Yeah. 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 Sure. But like we could find some resources and put them in the, yes. in the uh, description and stuff too. Hell yes. I could. Yeah. Anyway, quick cut. It's fine. Quick cut. What's up? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, I'm going to leave it in anyway. Who cares? This is who we are. It's part maybe of our not. shtick. That's I'm over here. Like the- maybe not. <laughs> Because we, we didn't really prepare. We're just kind of ranting at this point, but that's okay. People listen to us because they, they love us and they're our friends. That's and right. Hopefully they pass this to somebody that needs it too. Yes. Because it's just, I'm very passionate about the mental health thing. And like you were saying, like with the, the, the like your doctor, or whoever you talk to will help you figure out what works for you. For me, talk therapy never worked. And I thought it never worked because I needed medication. Mm. not just talk therapy yeah so now I'm, I'm in the process of trying to find a therapist and let me tell you it is difficult but I've also been on medication since I was 16 and just in 2021 found the right mix for me or the right medicines that actually work for me so I was willing to do that because and I, I can't tell you why because I was struggling very 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 much with suicidal ideation I've been hospitalized there has been a whole, you know, it's never been just a, like, it's been a struggle that whole time, you know, and I don't know what kept me here, 
but let me sound a little corny right now and say that I think what kept me here is my journey to sobriety into helping others into just talking and it's uh, like I don't talk just to hear myself talk because for our viewers y'all know my voice is not the most charming um she says <laughs> this a little to me all the time and I'm like stop it, it's true we all don't but, like that when we hear our own voice yeah but my allergies are so bad right now and I'm just doing nothing about it because I don't care but like it's just ugh, life is hard and we do all we self-medicate and we do all these things and and we talk on it we talk to ourselves on a webcam in our room alone sometimes pretending that we're on tv because it makes us feel better and I'm here still to this day personally I think because I I can teach somebody something or I can somebody can relate to me and somebody will reach out to me which I am lucky enough to have already received people reaching out to me and I love that more than anything Mm. if you're having a rough like that's what I feel so good about is like I have people on Instagram and like that I've never spoken to message me and be like this is what happened and I'm struggling right now and it makes me feel really good that I can help them but enough about me in that that regard but I do want to talk about getting sober and the effect it had on my mental health yeah definitely so for me getting sober for for real this time I'll say that because I was always white knuckling and just kind of doing like counting the days and like freaking out but now with reframe and with my logical fam as Nikita calls it mm-hmm. um it, it just it feels better but yeah like like I said I'm, I'm having an episode I have been for the past couple of days I'm not feeling great you know I, I don't have my podcast uh outfit on like my my sports bra and my pajama pants is what I mean you know and I didn't do my hair like I I feel like shit but I just I wanted to talk to to you guys and let you guys hear that this is raw and real and this podcast is pretty much all about being raw and real yeah and not making sense sometimes because ADD ADHD we both Mm -hmm. you know have those issues yeah but that's the point we're not scripted sitting here like reading off of a paper like you know what if you want to listen you can listen if you don't then you don't yeah doesn't hurt our feelings absolutely and uh oh god yeah speaking of adhd what the hell was i just gonna say maybe i'll edit this part out too yeah right i was gonna i was gonna follow up on something you were saying um so austin tell me at what point were you prescribed medication for the first time because as i look back at my uh journey i should have been medicated for you know i think in the late 80s early 90s when i was a little kid it was like oh god you know it was it was yeah. this kind of taboo thing to medicate kids and then it was like it the pendulum seemed like it swung the other way and it was like medicate everybody and yeah maybe i got in maybe that's when i was coming up through but i remember like i mean i was hyperactive and like but but like precocious like a firstborn mm-hmm. and like and well i'm a firstborn and an only same and it's just, I'm a, you know, I, I got all kinds of yeah. whacked out, like we're the same order shit going on. Um, but so I got all kinds of complexes, but I mean, I was acting up a lot and it's because I was in a, a public school system that wasn't doing well and they were splitting the classes. And I was in like, uh, I was a first grader in a split first and second grade class. So I learned first and second grade that year. And then the next year I was in Me a split too. second, third grade class. And I learned third grade that year. And then the problems really started when I hit third grade and there was no split, split class, I already knew third grade. Yeah. And that's when my acting out really started to happen. But like, 
I remember the school counselor coming and seeing me at some point, I think even before that. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, people, like, how did you not see me? You could be tuning into this episode for the first time. You could be clicking randomly in the middle of this episode and see me be like, holy shit, that guy's wired up tighter than a jack in the box. Like, yeah, it doesn't take but five seconds to see that I'm <laughs> like, I'm a hyperactive dude. And you know what? That's yeah. okay. But yeah. I'm like, holy shit. Why was I not medicated? And now I look back in the army in the military <laughs> when I'm like, I fucking lost my, like, I would leave my weapon in places and shit. Like, how the fuck? Like, I'm like, oh my God. Like, if I would have known this, it would have explained a lot of things when I was like, I'm yeah. the worst soldier. I'm the worst officer. I'm the worst. Oh my God. I can't believe it. And and it's not excusing any of that, but it's explaining. Some it's ex- shit. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm going to get back to my original question, which is like, for me, I did not take any, I, I had a panic attack the summer between my senior year of high school and my freshman year of college because my high school sweetheart and I broke up and or like her parents her mom went into like super protective mama bear mode and was like you know when you go away to college you're not going to date my daughter right and I was like completely devastated and I was like first time I remember being like curled up in a ball on the floor and like hyperventilating and felt like the world was going to end I mean it seems really melodramatic now but I mean, at the time it was like, oh my God, I really thought, you know, and yeah. that's a, that's a big deal when you've got someone that, that you, you really love. And mm-hmm. so, um, I remember my mom worked for a group of psychiatrists and I went to a few, um, a few sessions and he prescribed me this like placebo level dose of Paxil, which is, oh, yeah. you know, was going to help keep me med- and, and it worked. It mm-hmm. worked great. It helped me. And like, I sucked up my pride and I did that. But then once I got into ROTC in the army, I was like, shit, I don't want to like have to, you know, and I've got this hyperactive conscience where I'm like, I got to disclose everything that I've ever done. Right. And, you know, I, so I didn't want to go into all of these details about everything that I had taken and all this therapy that I had, because I'm like, shit, I'm trying to become an officer. Mm-hmm. And you know, that, that type of stigma does stick throughout the military, just like it yeah. sticks in corporate America and everywhere else. If you're a leader, yeah, you're supposed to, sure, you're be, supposed to right. rest and take care of yourself, but when? And and if you do, you you are conditioned to feel like you're a less than leader because you're taking time to take care yeah. of yourself. And in the military, it's like, you can't ever rest as a leader. If you take your eye off the ball for, you know, five minutes, somebody might die. That's how you're trained right. for years. Right. It's always, what are you going to do, platoon leader? What are you going to do? Oh, that you messed so up your platoon. You know, your platoon's traumatic. dead. Way to go. And so you get conditioned this way. So, oh my God, yeah. that was a five minute question for what was intended to be for you. So my first medication you know. was for mental health stuff was probably when I was 18, 19, freshman year mm-hmm. of college, but then I put it away and didn't take it up again. Didn't ask for meds again until I was like 38. Mm-hmm. And that is probably a mistake. So what about your journey? Tell us more about you growing up. You talk about first time thinking about you wanted to die when you're eight and yes. like how no eight year, no one should feel like that, but especially an eight right. year old, an eight year old, a normal and, eight year old with a good upbringing and a good family life. And the only thing that could have traumatized me, which it really didn't was my parents uh, splitting up and I was like three. And I remember it was difficult because my dad, his job, he was an air marshal at the time, you know, mm-hmm. like, so I couldn't, I, but I didn't understand yeah. that I couldn't really talk to him that much because of that. So yeah, it did kind of suck, but it never, I don't really feel like it ever caused any issues for me personally, but yeah. So the first medication I ever was put on was Lexapro when I think I was about 16, maybe 15, 16. I don't really remember. Um, and I took that 
for a while then I got off it and then you know I was put on something else and then I like I was very like up and down with my meds because they didn't really work so I was like well I don't need to take this kind of thing and um yeah so it was that was that but then you know and then going through all of those things and then with my job once I was you know 19 when I started dancing and when I started like I've been I was drinking since I was 14 but once I started really drinking and then I was taking more medication trying to find out what worked and that's when I end up in the hospital because I of this whole that's a trigger I just you know I don't want to be triggering for people but no the uh okay right. yes so I was on and off medication literally for until I was 23 22 and then I started taking it regularly, but I was drinking. So drinking, for those who do not know, drinking kind of makes your medicine not work. So when you're, and people have been telling me this the entire time, and of course I don't listen, which I actually did make a post about on my blog the other day. So, you know, sober, excuse me, soberasa.com. Yes, go read that if you would be so inclined. Uh, but yeah, so when you are drinking, your medication is not working properly because your brain is overloading itself with good chemicals. And I say good chemicals in quotes because they are good, but in moderation, they are good. But if you keep doing it, you're flushing your brain and you're, you know, you're, you're doing too much. You're doing, oh shit, there goes my camera. You're doing too much. And, uh, you need to not do that because your brain naturally will, you know, like everybody has a different baseline, but like in mine's obviously really low as a depressed eight-year-old, but you know, everybody has a different baseline. And if you can't, if you're, if you don't know that baseline, then you're, then in your drinking and stuff on the medication, how can you know if it works, you know? So it's just, and I'm not a medical professional of any sort, but I do a lot of research on this kind of stuff because it affected my life for so long and I write about it. Like I've written about it for school already. And I write little things for myself to remind myself why I'm doing this. Like literally I write myself research papers. So, you know, whatever. Everybody the needs things a hobby. you do when you're immobilized by knee surgeries. I've yeah. In extreme there, unfortunately. pain. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's shit. I well, did want to talk about the pain too, really quick. Yes. Please. Really, really quick. Yes. Because this pain is taking such a toll on my mental health. I was in pain before the surgery in a different way. It was really achy if I would like move a certain way or do something or really, really sharp pains, depending on like what I was doing. So I do yoga and Pilates. I'm a yoga and Pilates girl. And it was affecting my practice and my knee, it started swelling and getting red and being hot. And it was on and off like this for ages. Then, you know, that pain was enough, but then, you know, once I got the surgery, the pain of that was like, it literally took my breath away. Mm. And I was like that for the first week and a half, mm. it was mm. unbearable. And I was mm. these meds, you know, taking meds. I don't like taking pain meds, but I'm going to be candid here. I'm on pain medication right now because I have to be, if yeah. I wasn't like my doctors, like they, they, they're giving it to me even though I said, I was like, I don't really want to, but then I realized, yeah, okay. Yeah. I do want to, because this is, oh, this is next level. I can't sleep. I wake up about seven or eight times a night and I'm just overall exhausted. So that's why I feel like this episode was important as well. 
So right now resting, I'm at like a three, but if I move even a little bit, luckily I have my brace on all the time. If I move a little bit, that shit hurts. So, you know, and there's some angles. If I kind of like move myself the wrong way, my knee will feel it. And you never realize how, how much your knees and your legs are involved in full body movements until you get surgery on. Yeah. So that has definitely affected my mental health and my mental state in a bad way. And, you know, I am bipolar. So yeah, I studio or I studio, I do still have my moments and it's just like anybody else having a bad day, you know, because of my medication because, because they work. Yeah. But if it wasn't like that right now, I would be even after the surgery, I probably would have went out and drank right away, but I know that yeah. that's not going to help me. So yeah. And Austin, tell me about last weekend when, cause we actually have been wanting to shoot this episode for several days since we had our phenomenal episode 12 with Matt Gardner as soon as that was posted um once we conquered all the goddamn technical issues with that one and um we finally got you know Matt got that file down to you to transfer to internet that I can actually upload at more than 1990s fucking 56.6k dial-up speed or whatever um like <laughs> I mean, that's straight up what it was fucking all. But we first we started talking like probably five days ago. Yeah. About this six days ago. And then we've just both been getting like hammered with, you know, of all the <laughs> it ended up being perfect timing though, because I mean it was like I had shit day, then she had shit day, then I yeah. had shit day, then she had shit day. And like, so we were gonna try to do it and and it didn't work out. But the thing that really stuck out to me was last uh, Sunday this is a Thursday we're filming this on um four days ago I think it was Mm -hmm. you said I we were gonna do it on Saturday then it didn't work because I was like in a bad place and then Mm -hmm. Sunday you were like yeah yeah let's do it and then all of a sudden you messaged me and you're like uh I got a bipolar you're like I I got a bipolar depressive issue you know something's happening something's happening I know this is coming and I told you that that was that it was you know that it was so impressed i hate to use the word but not impressive but but i mean it was it was wow it was wow for me as someone who doesn't have bipolar but someone who knows what it's like to know that something's off even if it's not in a a, a, a bipolar kind of way you're like mm-hmm. i'm starting to listen to my body a lot more since getting sober this time mm-hmm. and like paying attention to what the fuck my my body's telling me yeah um because it's usually telling me something like yeah i my, my like I'm all clenched right now. Cause I'm mm-hmm. like all wired up. Cause I had a bunch of caffeine and plus, cause I'm jazzed to be on the episode with you. But anyway, Jesus, <laughs> the question is how did you get to a place where you could identify that coming and prepare yourself for it? Because what you said to me without any prompting or any question, when you said, I don't think I can do the episode tonight. I'll let you know, it might be a day or so maybe sooner, but I'll keep you posted. Mm-hmm. You knew yourself well enough to say it and you cared about yourself enough to, to say, Hey, pod partner, I know we're both excited about this, but I need to yeah. take care of myself right now. How did you get to a place where you knew yourself well enough that, that like, how did you learn to do that? I guess is what I'm asking in my very long winded way. <laughs> Honestly, I'm going to be cliche and say meditation and introspection, journaling, shadow work, all that stuff, you know, yeah. because I've been practicing meditation since I was very young. But now I learned transcendental meditation for school because it's part of my curriculum. It's just part of the school. Um, And that has really changed the game for me. I 
in my sobriety and outside, you know, just being aware of the subtle, subtle changes in my body and the subtle changes in my mind. Like it's, it's all because of, I I just pay so much attention now and self-care is so important to me that if I feel like something's off, I will cancel whatever I have to do and I'll take care of myself because if I'm not running, nothing else is going to run. You know what I mean? Nothing else that I'm involved in is going to be, is going to run. So I'm not going to do it. You know what I mean? Well, it it really taught me something about noticing like when my when I know that I'm off and there have been times when I've done this for myself but not enough where I just recognized I remember in particular one night when I was having a really bad like depressive panic type of episode I mean it was really bad for me yeah and um and I I, like I just went out to the car we were we were at someone's house and I was like I gotta I gotta go outside and I sat in the car and was hyperventilating crying whatever I was doing and I recognized like, I cannot go to work like this tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And I felt like a turd for calling off. Cause I'm like, I never called off in the army or whatever, whatever, yeah. you know, I mean, I like to brag that, well, when I had my heat stroke and then I got put on quarters for 48 hours, it was just like the doctor's like, go home and don't come out of your, your barracks room or your house. And it's like, I, the next morning I was at work because my unit was going to Iraq ne- the next month. And I was like, I, I gotta do this. I've got a friend that just texted yesterday that she's like, I got COVID and I, but there's so much going on. She works in the healthcare field and she like showed up to work today and they had like something put on her, <laughs> on her door that said like, you are not welcome. I mean, it was like hearts and stuff, but it yeah. was like, go home. We love you. And, and so I guess what I'm saying is thank you because you taught me how to start to listen to that voice more. When something says you need to listen to like your, your body knows stuff, your body knows more than you think you do, oh, yeah. especially if you live inside your head like I have for 42 years. Yeah. You need Starting to live to inside to your, your whole body. Yeah, your whole body. It's a whole, it's a it's whole a holistic thing. thing. Holistic thing. That's not to interrupt you, but that's how no, that's, I learned that is because yes. I am so in touch with every part of my body now, like from my little fingertips to like the part right above my knee on not my good leg. Like it doesn't matter yeah. where it is. If I can feel everything like my heart I can feel it like it's it's weird like I'll notice because because I have panic disorder I can feel a panic attack setting in probably going on about five minutes before it really starts because I've conditioned myself to listen to my body in that way through meditation and through you know just and I think the conditioning is important and I'm going to try to not go on again if there are any folks just understand I'm at like I'm not bashing theism or monotheism or christianity or anything but i will say that conditioning and the way you think about things and the way that you talk about things shapes how you react to things and i have always been taught and always uh, always been taught and always thought and always taught others that there's it's it's a i mean it's a western culture thing too that there's this duality that there's that there's body and there's spirit they're two mm-hmm. different things but we're and uh but it but you you really even within christian theology i mean there are many different flavors of christian theology but mm-hmm. i think you know even most Christ, most christians would probably agree that the two the two are interconnected and related right. i guess where i've gone and like in my listening to certain teachers and reading and and introspecting and 
starting to try to think for myself about some of these things, probably for the first time, really. Um, oh God, what a postmodern, what a millennial thing that I'm doing. I'm just going to do my own thing is what I start to tell myself because that's the way I'm conditioned right. because I was always like, oh, those spiritual, but not religious types. Oh gosh. They're just, you know, a re blowing in the wind. They just go wherever. And you know what? I'm like, I'm, I'm so over it. I'm just going to take some time and see who the fuck am I to mm -hmm. me? Who am I to me? And we'll work from there. And maybe I'll end up back where I was as a Christian. Maybe. But so again, I'm not picking on Christian. I'm just talking about my lived experience, mm -hmm. which is a valid lived experience. And I'm starting to be able to say things like, I, my experience counts. And, Absolutely. and what, where I'm going is, where I've been going lately is understanding that, that there really is not a separation uh, it's, it's all just one, like I'm, I'm a whole person, like all, all of it, mind, body, spirit, whatever you want to call it. It doesn't, mm -hmm. it doesn't matter. Like the follicle of hair is as much Dana as the thoughts I'm thinking right now, or the, the, whatever mm -hmm. the, the words coming out, you know, do you understand the words that come on? <laughs> like, yes, I'm starting to understand the words that are coming out of my own mouth and yeah. recognizing that these are, that that's really me oh god this is some but but no i don't want to be like all... <laughs> no because listen like that's literally what my school's philosophy is about it's consciousness based education yeah. and this has helped me in so many ways rather than more than just like i've always always been a woo woo kind of person my whole life it's just how i am that's what makes me different from you know some people in my family like my family's not religious but like my grandparents are catholic my um my mom was not non-denominational just christian and me i was never about that i just didn't feel i didn't identify with it so i went and did my own thing and this is how i found myself and yeah it took a lot of lessons and a lot of oh i don't fit in anywhere and uh, uh what was me but now where i'm at now like but learning that we are the universe experiencing itself in human form has really changed oh, yes. the game for me and it like we're here to learn lessons and we're here to you know do like we're here to learn lessons for our higher selves so that when we are back before we reincarnate again the rest of the lessons that we have to learn you know we're gonna just keep it it just keeps happening like that's my belief personally and Listen, i'm just a, yeah no, sorry, I'm go ahead. so Keep glad. Going. No, I'm so glad that like people are starting to really kind of come to this conclusion and you're, you're like, people are more open to these kinds of beliefs and because it, it takes a lot of limitations off of you and your life. Like now with like, I do a lot of like scripting and manifesting and stuff like that. I'm, I have manifested more in two months being sober than I did when I was trying to manifest stuff when I first learned about the law of attraction when I was about 13. So, you know what I mean? Like I've manifested more for myself in two months than I have in 10 years because I, I'm so much more connected to the universe because I'm sober. 
because you're not putting poison in yourself every day. I'm not day. poisoning myself and I'm not treating my body like it's some fucking garbage disposal anymore. Mm-hmm. And like, I feel like such a hypocrite sometimes when I say about my sobriety, it's like, oh, I, you know, like that, that's poison. I don't, but it's true. And like, I, you know, people, people will always try to bring you down in that way. But luckily I have disconnected myself from my whole life before. I deleted all my social media that was from like, the before times, (laughs) BC, like I deleted everything from before then. Cause I don't care what anybody thinks. Like I'm doing this now and people are going to see it. You know, people are going to start seeing this stuff and they're going to see like, that makes a lot more sense for her than what she was doing. And and what I was doing before didn't make sense. No, no, sorry. I'm I'm just like, you're great. And you've been worried as we paused for the cause a couple of times, you're like, I'm worried I'm rambling. I'm like, you keep (laughs) rambling. You, I, earlier in the chat, I put preach it sister. I I don't care. Go on as many tangents as you want. You're talking to the guy who has, I put this on my Instagram today. This was a gift from former coworkers, easily distracted by shiny objects. And then they wrote Dana. I think they bedazzled it too, but I of course broke the, broke the, the sequence off of it accidentally because I'm a clumsy bastard but oh like what I will say you know as I'm talking about all these things I've got all these people in in my head like oh tis tisking me and like oh well I knew I knew Dana would oh gosh well it's because he did this and and I can't believe he's doing that and of course he's thinking this now and oh I just feel so bad for him or now he's going to hell or whatever in its worst form that's what it would be and that's what I would say is for me I feel like again like for for me, I, I'm looking back at my Christian walk and seeing how how much I felt handcuffed from truly loving people for who the fuck they were right then, because it was always because I always I think I always did underneath everything, mm-hmm. but I felt like there was always this well I'm but I'm really there to help save them and what I'm I'm like like it's just ah all these things that you don't. They're right in front of you, but Mm -hmm. sorry, they were right in front of me, but I didn't see it. That for me, it was still this thing of, I have something that they don't. When in reality, like I was as empty as anyone else. And I didn't recognize that. Like, I mean, Hey, again, call me woo woo or whatever, but I'm telling you, Alan Watts last year. Yes. I've been from Alan Watts for about three months last year. And it carried me through one of the darkest times of my life. And when he talks about you are the universe and a great song by Ram Cease B, I made a playlist on Spotify dedicated to him uh, because of that song that he made. It's a very chill, like kind of ambient space song. Um, but, but yeah, Alan Watts talks about you're the, you know, I'm the universe and you're you, I, the, yes, it's everything. We're all connected. We are all you're one. Made out and... of, you're made out of stardust, dude. Like, yeah. I mean, Al is an inanimate plastic object, but like, Al and I have a relationship. I'm not fucking Absolutely. crazy because I talk to a flat. Maybe I am. I don't give a shit if I'm crazy. This is who I am now. <laughs> call me crazy. To- call me crazy. But Al's my friend and Al is helping me stay fucking sober. And so whatever it is that I got to do to keep that poison out of my body, that's what I'm going to do. And will I accept some other chemicals as a way to balance that and balance the serotonin and the dopamine and the whatever the fuck else is going on in this crazy ass noggin right here? Yes, I will accept those meds Absolutely. because I owe it to myself. I owe it to my family and I owe it to my friends uh, and my sober family. I owe it to all of you. And so I preaching rant complete thank you again for to all of our listeners and viewers for entertaining my soapbox this is stuff that i feel like i've needed to kind of 
get off my chest about the veteran stuff and about some of my Christian stuff, because I mean, the army and, and the church are, are four decades of my story. And yeah. so of course they're going to, you know, manifest them. Of course it's going to come out. I just have been tiptoeing around it because of shame, guilt, fear. And like, what if my old army buddies see this and they realize like, uh, it's it just it, embarrassment, guilt, and shame are, are three toxic motherfuckers that I really, um, would like to get out of my life forever, but I have to sit with them for a while, um, and let them do their thing without like making them go away by doing this. Mm-hmm. Because when I do this, when I, and if you're listening, I'm baking the beer can drink. <laughs> Stop I'm doing making that. the drinky drink motion. Um, like, or the beer, I'll, the beer bong motion or the keg stand motion, whatever the fuck I'm whatever doing. Whatever motion gets you through whatever, this, whatever, this abstract thing what, that's happening. <laughs> whatever gets you through this ramble that I'm on now. Um, <laughs> Listen, whatever it is, you, you got to keep that poison from getting in your body and you got to sit with this shit for a while. And it's ugly. I'm telling you right now in this last week, Austin and I have had both, both had some moments where it was like, fuck this bullshit. And man, if you're still listening, I, I assume you're okay with, with F-bombs by this point, if you're still listening. So sorry for the potty mouth, but I guess I'm not because this is who I am. And if this is me fucking sober, then this is me fucking sober and fuck it facts big yeah facts. <laughs> big fa- but it's true because you know sobriety is not people you know because the instagram like on the on the meeting you know how we were talking mm-hmm. about i was talking about you know whatever but and you had a great Amber share by the way thank you for sharing thank you i needed it so bad today and i'm not usually one to be like i need a meeting but like i did because i'm losing the plot but like anyway that was it's, it's dumb but I want to just say about like living in love too. You need to like live in love rather than fear. And mm. I, I feel like a lot of times the people that are using that, like, oh yeah, but you know, I don't want to blame this or say it for everybody, but a lot of the time the Jesus loves you, you know, kind of people are always the ones living in fear of other. It was me a hundred percent. Yeah. Living in, in fear, fear of other people with other beliefs. And that's why they feel the need to try to, you know, change them which you know everybody has their own beliefs and I'm whatever I don't care as long as they don't infringe on my life I don't give a shit but I decided to live in love and see even people like that and people that don't agree with what I'm doing with my life now I see everybody in love and I love everybody I don't care yeah and that's what it it is I don't yeah I still love you know well I try I I try to love everybody there are times Mm -hmm. where I'm not loving and I try to own those times (laughs) it's very Hard, but people but the reality is even those people that are, you know, the most frustrating or um, whatever negative word I would use to attach to them at any given moment, like they are the universe too. Yeah. And, you know, like it's, it's every, almost every religious and philosophical tradition has that common thread of love. And yes. I think we can all agree that whether you're, no matter where you're from, what your background is, what your belief system is right now, that it's much better to say, I love you. And I'm going to sit here with you as a fellow human. And I'm not going to judge you. Uh, I'm truly not going to judge you, not because I want you to come over to where I'm at. I mean, I guess we're being kind of preachy about, I hope, I hope, by the way, we're not coming across preachy, like you should stop drinking, you fucking blah, blah, blah. Yeah, you like loser. Us. No, Ooh. what we're trying, if anything, no. we're trying to tell you, we get it. 
we mm-hmm. get why you are drinking. Yes. And we, I mean, are you talking like 69 days ago, 60, 68, 69 68 days ago? 68 today, it'll be 69 in the morning. She's at 10 weeks ago, she was drunk, ten, um, 12 weeks and a couple days, 12 weeks and change. I was drunk as shit. Yeah. Because I had given up. So there is zero judgment from these guys. Or if it yeah. came across that way, let me just clarify and put in the disclaimer now zero judgment here. Absolutely. If anything, we're just trying to tell you you're loved. If you're, if yeah. you're a Christian, a Buddhist, a, a Hindu, a Muslim, an atheist, if you Whatever. are, a, I don't, I don't care what you believe or don't believe. What I care about is you not poisoning yourself to run away from yourself because that's what I was doing. And now that I'm sitting with myself and it's, mm, God damn it. It's hard. It's and there are times that I, mean, I was like, fuck this shit. If it weren't for this podcast and if it weren't for uh, people like Austin and the sober family, I, I would like, give it up by now. So oh, yeah. I don't remember what my original point was, but I needed to throw in that disclaimer caveat so that whoever's listening to this, you know that you're loved, but I've been talking too much. You need to talk some more. I don't know. You, you want to like wrap it soon? Yeah. You're tired. I am tired. I'm just like, all right. So here's what my I'm going to say. My meds are kicking you. in. Yeah. Okay. So Austin said that she would come on and I said, only as long as it's helpful. And I said, why don't we get, you know, if you want to do it, we'll do it so that you can talk and distract yourself from your leg until your meds kick in and her meds are kicking in. So Austin, before you go to La La Land, which is going (laughs) to hopefully be much better than this bullshit you've been enduring all day long. (laughs) Tell me, I will ask you the same thing you asked Matt at the end of episode 12, which is if you had one thing to say, to the world let's pretend you about to check out of the net for good this is your last rodeo right here yeah uh, good night austin sunset for austin or some yes poetic it, is, it is my going home party <laughs> it's your let's say this is god forbid because i tell you what if you died and i don't if i die fuck, in my sleep you're gonna be, gonna be like fucking fuck. pissed i'm be, gonna be pissed beyond pissed it will be oh my god that would be so without the melodramatic theatrics which i'm so good at tell me what would you say to people if this if you were if you were on your deathbed if this was it and you had one thing to say what would it be oh my god see now i know how matt feels yeah shout out put him on the spot i'm sorry i shouldn't have done this to you (laughs) no (laughs) it's fine no it's it's fine i would say honestly if i was on my deathbed and i was literally like i had one thing to say and i had like 30 seconds to say it i would say basically stop living in fear of things you can't control Mm -hmm. and like just you know just love yourself and oh treat yourself the way that you treat somebody that you love very much start doing that that's it I think that's what I would say because I've started doing that and I've started being very very selfish and I'm lucky enough that I not I don't want to say that I'm lucky for not having kids or being married but I am I don't care. Like I am lucky for not having any of those, those, those other things that I, like I can be selfish, but be selfish. You know what I mean? Like you need to be selfish in order to be a better person for your family and for others. Be selfish sometimes, you know, I've been super selfish lately as a husband and a father. And it's felt really, really really like I'm breaking rules and stuff but there came this point I was like I got to prioritize this guy first or else I cannot 
give anything yes. else to anyone. I, I did it as long as I could, but I'm finally having to practice what I preached all those years, which yes. is take care of yourself. So if you had 30 seconds left, you would basically just look people be like, love yourself, take care of yourself. Love yourself. Love, well, love others, love yourself like you would love others. Yeah, there you go. And yeah. And, and that goes Peace. back to what, <laughs> I'm out. You know, Jesus, you know? Jesus and other teachers have said things like that, yes, which is, you know, love, but the greatest commandment, love, you know, uh, love your neighbor as you love yourself. That presupposes yes. that you love yourself first. Yes, and, and you have to. Guess what? You people out there who think you don't love yourselves. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. And or I need you, you have to, to drop a quarter in the, in the jar. That's in the right. In the self-hate jar. You're All gonna... of you, you owe and us money. <laughs> that's right. We're gonna have a change jar for the fucking podcast. yeah. We or we should start. We should start a little uh, a cash app, and everybody, whatever you say, right. you have to send us twenty five cents for every non self love thing that you say to yourself. Going to the top of the to do list, cash app account for yes. IKAGB pod. <laughs> thank you, Austin, for uh, for gutting it out on this, and thank you to everyone who has listened and watched. Please drop comments in. Uh, please message us on Instagram. Uh, we're also on Twitter now. The handle for both of those is at IKAGB pod. And uh, we're also going to be starting a TikTok with the same handle. I just haven't uploaded any videos yet. I've been waiting for my uh, much younger, much cooler uh, pod partner here to help me with that particular platform because let's face it, this guy probably ain't going to be. I don't much know of a either. I'm a confused old man. I have no fucking idea how it works. Well, we're going to figure it out together. Seriously, yeah. We're going to figure it out together. Yeah. But no, honestly, if wherever you're listening to or watching this, if you would like it uh, or dislike it, whatever, uh, give us yeah, comments. Give us just down. give us feedback because this is a fledgling show. We don't know what the fuck we're doing. We're just trying yeah. to talk it out and have, we're, we're figuring out sobriety as newbies. Um, you know, I'm 42, she's 24. We don't have this shit figured out. And whether mm-hmm. you're 66 or what or whatever, maybe you're 16. Maybe you're that one person that we've seen in our Spotify stats who's from zero to 17. Maybe it's my son. Maybe it's somebody else. I don't it's your know. Son. <laughs> but whoever it is out there, listen, wherever you are around the world, please know that you are loved by these two people. That's not some woo-woo bullshit. It's one of our coaches said it today on the Thursday call. She said at the end of the call, like she always does, if you haven't heard it from anyone else today, I love you. She said, hear me when I say I love you. And I was on the freeway in rush hour traffic when she said it. And I knew that Nikita was talking to me just like she was talking to everybody else. So know that Austin and I love you. uh, And we are learning to love ourselves so that we can love you better. Thank you for joining us on this sober journey. Uh, God, that's such a cliche word. But it's true. It's true. Fine. Cliches are a thing because they're true. Because they're true. So yeah, like, like, rate, review, please. And um, tag us, use some hashtags or whatever it is that the kids do these days. Or <laughs> Send us shit. a message or something, whatever. We're cool. We respond. We're cool. And we're also at ikagbpod at gmail.com. So we, uh, yes. thanks to my, my branding uh, genius superstar here, we're, we're going to get shit like streamlined here. Yeah. Standardized. Matchy, matchy. Obsessive. <laughs> and That's that right. logo you see, I made it. <laughs> that logo was austin she (laughs) crushed it shout out to canva not paid influencers thank you canva and thank you reframe app if you're looking for an app listen go on your app store android or iphone or whatever i I don't know if reframe's available on android yet but we use the reframe app we're not paid influencers but it's been a game changer for us clearly (laughs) 
<laughs> but no, yeah, they have a cutback track if you're not ready to fully drop alcohol or, you know, fully drop complete like cold turkey, whatever. They have a, a, a cutback track that you can try. I tried it, failed. So <laughs> here we and are. And they give today. you daily neuroscience lessons too. Yes. So you can understand better from people who are much more educated and smarter on this, way more smarter than we are way on the medical smarter. stuff. Okay. What we said tonight, mm-hmm. you know, typical disclaimer stuff. Like we're not medical professionals, yada, yada. This so, is just our experience. This is just who we are. We both take meds because we reached out to doctors. Yes. So if you are wondering about it, go ahead and ask your doc. Thank you for joining us. We will see you next time. Episode 14 of I Kissed Alcohol Goodbye will be airing soon. I think we're going to have one of Austin's uh, yes. wonderful friends on. Yes, and I'm going to try that. We are still in the process. Awesome. <laughs> We're going to schedule out the rest of May. Thank you all for being with us. Much love to you all. And uh, Austin, you sign us off. You get the last word. All right. Join us and say goodbye alcohol. Goodbye alcohol. Hello life. Hello life. I'm about to go the fuck to sleep. Yeah. Go to sleep. Good night. Peace. Good night. Good night.